Hello, everyone. Welcome to Think Time. This is the first episode of the podcast since I've changed the name from Bright Time to Think Time. And frankly, I don't think I could have picked a better guest to inaugurate the newly named podcast than my guest today, um, who is John Kiesendahl, the president and CEO of Woodlock Pines Resort. Woodlock, for those of you who don't know, uh, is the number one family resort in the United States, as voted by TripAdvisor. It has one of the top-rated spas in the country. It also is has numerous homes that were built uh, by John and his family uh, around a golf course and, and basically country club setting. And I know it deserves its high rankings and accolades because for the last 13 years, I've been going on an annual trip there with my friends and their kids. Uh, so uh, I'm a big, big fan of Woodlock, which certainly comes through during my interview of John. Woodlock has a really rich history going back over 60 years. In fact, John's parents founded the resort, uh, and John became president in the early 1980s and basically grew the resort into the amazing place that it is now. So uh, I was really fortunate to have gotten John to agree to sit for the interview. I really enjoyed interviewing him. And whether you know Woodlock because you've been there or even heard of it or really are just learning about it for the first time today, I have no doubt that you're going to enjoy hearing about, you know, a pretty well-known and famous resort uh, from the person who built it. Um, So I hope you enjoy hearing uh, what John has to say. Uh, I really enjoy having him on. And without further ado, I bring you John Kiesendahl. I'm here with John Kiesendahl. Thanks. John, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for inviting me, Brian. Yeah, so um, you know, I'm trying to do this like a real interview right. where I'm going to play it straight up, but the reality is I'm such a big fan of Woodlock <laughs> that it's going to be obvious to anybody who's listening that this is not someone who's just trying to get at the heart of what this resort is, but really someone who's been a fan for a very long time. No, I want you to get to the heart of it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we're all about. There's a lot of heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just yeah. so you know, I, I might have mentioned this. I, I've been coming here with my group of friends and their children for 13 years. Right. Um, we absolutely adore the place. And, you know, the reason why I thought to interview you in the first place was, you know, I, I think it's a special place. And by special, I, I mean, I'd almost use the word unique, which is a word that's probably thrown out too often. Right. But in this case, it might actually be fair to say in terms of the hospitality and resort world, uh, I'm not aware, in, at least in the U.S. or anywhere else, a place like Woodlock um, and from its history to where it is now. So, uh, again, I just think this would be interesting to anybody who has curiosity about you know the world you live in. Thank and uh, so, again, thanks. Thank you for your loyalty. I mean, you come every year. We watch your kids grow up, uh, and you guys continue to eat as much as you did when you first got here, <laughs> which is <laughs> amazing. The kitchen said, is that group here again? <laughs> Bring we, more prime rib. So, so we really are known? like. Oh, you, yeah, you have a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, I guess that's good. <laughs> it is a good thing. Any, any publicity is good as long as not your And the unique thing is that you're sitting in our original dining room, which is very special to us. And we only put groups in there that we think can keep, maintain the spirit of the room. Yeah, yeah. Because that room has a lot of history. Yeah, well, we, well, we hope we added a little to it. <laughs> you have. But uh, speaking of history, you know, I thought a great obvious starting point might be um, for you to give a little history sure. about, the, about the resort. It goes back over 60 years and 
It really does have a rich history. So, you know, right. tell us whatever you All think right. would be I'll interesting. I'll talk away and you can edit whatever you <laughs> no, like. That sounds good. So it goes way back to uh, 1958 when my mom and dad, Mary and Harry Kiesendahl, purchased Woodlock. It was a small, summer-only boarding house. Uh, we could accommodate about 35 guests. We had no running drinking water. My first job, I was 11 years old when we moved here, was to go down every morning and fill water bottles with, with the spring water, put it in front of the doors so people had something to brush their teeth right. with in the morning. We had only one staff member. It was $6 a day to stay here. That included three meals. This is 1958. Uh, but we had 12 acres of land. We had 200 feet on the lake. And uh, my mom and dad moved here because my dad was involved in a number of different businesses. He owned several different uh, ice cream stores with partners. He was never home. Uh, it was a lot of stress and strain on their, on their marriage. And uh, they decided, let's do something we can do together. So that's why we bought it. And the whole family moved up. And... Uh, I always tell the story of, for me, an 11-year-old boy leaving Long Island and coming up here where there were no neighbors that lived here around five miles either side of us. It was like the end of the world. And I wasn't a very happy camper. We moved in March of 58. Uh, so it was snowy and nobody around. But once we uh, had the summer season, where we had 40 guests staying with us all the time and they were different every week, we found we loved it. And it, it fit right into um, my family's lifestyle. My mom was all about hospitality and love. My dad was German, all about work. And uh, it, the two combinations just worked very well. The guests that had been coming were mostly Norwegian. It was a Norwegian boarding house. So we didn't know too much about Norwegian. But uh, some of my, my dad's uh, clients were, were uh, customers from Long Island would start coming up. And that's how it started to grow. We treated every single person as if they were company in our own home. Uh, and that continues to be our mission statement for our staff today. That's how we, that's what we attempt to do. Of course, with 40 people, it was like having a company. And that's what was so much fun for an 11-year-old boy. Every week, it was like having everybody. And the same people would come back year after year. And so we'd get to know them and we'd get to know their sons and their daughters, especially their daughters for me. That was my job. It was very similar to Dirty Dancing. Uh, and yeah. my name was Johnny, so I had to dance with all the girls. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Especially the ugly ones. <laughs> John, you got to dance with everybody. you got to come back. So, uh, But we, we really had a wonderful uh, childhood, 11 through the teenage years. We had a girls' camp that was right next to us. And in 1961, my dad purchased the girls' camp uh, because he just he realized that if we're going to make this our, our living, we had to do more. Did the girls come with the camp? The girls didn't come with the camp, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, we bought the girls' Sorry. camp. It's where our north lodge is and about 150 more feet on the lake, another 12 acres of land. Uh, and we had all kinds of old cottages we converted into guest rooms. So that was the first step. We went from a small summer boarding house to a small resort. Then we started extending this season, adding staff. Um, and every every member of the staff that we added, especially in those early days, we tried to instill in them the same sense of hospitality that we had, which is very genuine. Uh, we teach them what needed to be done and so that they'd understood it, but more importantly, we tried to teach heart. We tried to teach them to well, it's funny, love and care. It was definitely one of the things on my outline that I wanted to ask you about, and maybe it's changed now that you're a much bigger resort, but yes. to me, one of the distinguishing features of Woodlock is the staff, the yeah. employees. I know you've yeah. won awards for how great the hospitality yeah. is here, and it's evident to me. But it seems to me, especially as you scale up, that's a hard thing to maintain, that mm -hmm. kind of level of service. And I don't know if you have a secret source, source to it or something. But Secret source is culture. Yeah. I mean, we, we've developed a great cu culture when we were smaller. I bought the business. Uh, I, so 
I graduated from high school, went to Cornell University, was an officer in the Navy for four years, was going to stay in the service. And my dad said, well, if you stay, I'll probably sell it. You know, it wasn't a very big business. So I came back home and I bought the business in, in 1981. I think I was. Wait, when you went to Cornell, I know you went to the hospitality yeah, school. Right, yeah. Did you go with the idea, I want to come back and, and run Woodlock? <laughs> or did, uh, was I it? think my dad sent me there with that in mind. <laughs> okay. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew that uh, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. But my dad said, I did pretty good grades. I was a pretty good student. So he, he said, really, you should shoot higher. And you got accepted at Cornell, you should go. Okay. And, you know, it was great. It was a great, it, the best education was what I did, working in the business and, and working with people. Sure. But the, the college was terrific for me. And I, got, I had great opportunities with jobs, with rock resorts and whatnot. Ended up going to service because it was Vietnam time. And I volunteered. And uh, that was a great experience also. I came home. In 1981, I bought the business. I was pretty young. My dad was 57. I was you know, 35, something like that. So, so relatively a young, young man. Young yeah. buck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I had all these visions of what we could do with the business. Uh, but the key was not to lose the spirit in the heart. So the fact that we had such a good culture and we started, we started small, a lot of those people who grew up with me you know, stayed in this business. They understood. They would train the people behind them. And it's continuing to work. We now have 1,300 people on our payroll. And... Uh, it's the key to our success. It's the hospitality, the genuineness of it. People feel the difference. And I'm still talking to everybody about, okay, these are things, but I want your answers to come not just from your head, but from your heart. I mean, you have to feel it. And that, really, could be, that could be taught? Well, I certainly say it enough. And they see, they, we all try and lead by example. I have five of my children in the business now, which is a real blessing because we couldn't have grown the way we did if we didn't uh, bring more family in. And uh, they get it and they understand it. Uh, and the, the, all the people who I started with who have now department heads and whatnot, or actually now they're all retiring, but they, they carried that culture with them. Yeah. And uh, so as people, people can come into a business or any job and they can go left or right. And if they're in a bad culture or a culture that isn't positive, they'll they'll go into that culture. If they come into a, a culture that's really positive and full of appreciation for what they do and whatnot, and getting feedback from guests as well as as well as their managers and owners, they even if they're mediocre, they'll tend to go in that direction because that's the culture and it pulls you that way. And that really is what has happened at Woodlock. And we took over the spa, and we, we built a, a destination spas, as you know, Brian. Yep. But it's beautiful. It's a, it was a five, four-star property outside of Hawley, Pennsylvania, which, ooh, who knew that would never work? That, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, would, I mean, it seems to me that was far from obvious. Yeah. <laughs> far from obvious. <laughs> that, that was a stretch. But uh, I got five of my, my friends to invest with us, and we had a, a person who was a guest who was a spa consultant, and, you know, we worked together on building the building, and they, they ran it. And it was just a fiasco because it had our name on it, it had our property, and it, w- it didn't have the same spirit. And we had 26% occupancy. We were going bankrupt. And in uh, 2010, we opened it in 2006, 2010, we had to change. So we bought our partners out, all, all but one, and we uh, turned it around from 26% occupancy. Last year, we had 87% occupancy. That's and, amazing. And, and, the, and the secret is the building was always beautiful. And the grounds were beautiful, and the location, two hours from New York and two and a half from Philadelphia, perfect. Uh, but it didn't have a heart. Yeah. It didn't have the warmth. The people were doing their jobs, but it was stiff, and it, and it was not who, and it didn't go with the Woodlock name, so it was killing me. Not only yeah. was it not successful, it was we, the we brand. kept funding it, but it didn't, it ruined the brand. Yeah. And when people, the staff were writing on, on uh, all the Indeed and whatnot, saying, oh, what a terrible place to work, and it was breaking my heart. So we had to stretch to buy it all out, but we've done that, and uh, it's very successful now. Yeah. And we love it. But that's all about culture. That, that 
everything is exactly the same as it was, and we've added things, but the, the building, always beautiful, all those things were there. What changed was the culture. We were able to turn it around. Do you think a culture like that can exist in a corporate <clears throat> setting? For example, like the Four Seasons Hotel, which I, I kind of view as like the that blue chip of, of the hospitality business in the corporate world. And I, I love the service when I'm at those hotels. but And it's great. I have nothing to fault it, except it's, it is different from Woodlock. It's when not I compare personal. It. It's not personal. Like right. they, they have kind of like a flow chart. Yep. And it's great. And, you know, they're good people. But they're not the same. So a little bit about Four Seasons. So uh, two of my sons went to Cornell Hotel School, and uh, they both went to Four Seasons and sat of school because they have to. They can't come right home after school. They have to have a workout for a little while. It's part sure. of our family program. So they uh, worked for Four Seasons. My one son worked for eight years. He opened the uh, Four Seasons in Prague. He was in Washington, Philadelphia, and eventually he was at the Beverly Bushire in Hollywood in uh, sure. California. And he got very involved, and he said, "They do. I love Four Seasons. Everything is nice, and yeah. it's really not overly formal. There's good service, but it's not too stuffy. Yeah. But it's not personal. It doesn't always have the heart. So they learn what to say. It's the best corporate chain probably in the world. Yeah. But uh, it would be very hard to duplicate what we do when you have the owners on the property. We live here. We care about everybody, our staff and our guests. We're able to express that, and uh, you know, we lead. We try to lead by example. So yeah." I did a whole thing on leadership to uh, the staff at the lodge yesterday about leadership. And, you know, I have these 20 points that, you know, I think are, are good ideas. That's just the way I do. But the key to me is if the owners are on the property and they're doing it, I'm picking up cigarette butts and I'm working, you know, Saturdays and Sundays when everybody else wants to be off. Yep. And they see us doing it. <clears throat> it's so much easier to relate to everybody and we're elbow to elbow with them. And uh, even though it's pretty big now, because I have you know, five of my kids in business too, and my wife works. We're all around. Yeah, and, 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 and we it makes love all the it. And if yeah. you don't love it, don't be in this business. Yeah, I mean, don't be in this business because I get great satisfaction of seeing families come back year after year. They, the families grow. They don't come for a little while, and all of a sudden they're back with their grandchildren, and their, and their kids are coming with their kids. It's, it's so rewarding. Uh, and our we don't have any we don't have any shareholders. We have nobody have to worry about. We keep putting the money right back into the business and we, we all live well on, on the business and we live where we want to live. It's a, we're very, I feel so blessed. It's yeah, yeah, it's, it's obvious. Just, I, I feel like God put me here to do the work I'm doing. Well, it's great. Well, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> My dad used to say, that this is what we're meant to be. Yeah, well, we're the beneficiaries of it and, uh, well, and it feels it. And uh, to, I think I mentioned to you, I was going to tell you one story about how, you know, I w- I've always been so impressed by the employees, uh, so much so that we wanted to pull a prank a few years back. One of the guys in our group, I won't give his name, um, he might be viewed in the hospitality business as one of the more difficult guests that I'm sure you encounter. He used the word challenging. <laughs> challenging, that's the word. <laughs> He'd be a challenging guest. Um, and one time, I think what happened is um, he couldn't get in the main lodge with the rest of us. He would, So he was put in one of the more remote buildings. Right. Remote. I mean, it's not, it wasn't yeah. that far away. But he wasn't happy about that. And he lets your staff know. And we laugh about it. We just think, oh, <laughs> there he goes again. Because we're not like that. And we just right. chuckle. Uh, so the next year, um, I called your front desk and spoke yeah. to the people I've gotten to know over the years. I said, we'd like to pull a prank. I don't know if you want to do this, but when this fellow comes to check in this year, could you you know, tell him that, you know, oh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Whatever. Uh, it turns out your room, there was some problem and we're, f- we're fully sold out. So unfortunately, you can't stay in the, in the lodge. And, but there's a Motel 8 nearby, about five, six miles mm-hmm. off the property. And we'd be happy to put you up there. We'll even pay. And we knew if he heard this, he would go apoplectic. Yeah. He would go crazy. 
But your staff was ready to, to. I think they had a trainee that they they enlisted. <laughs> they were sacrificing. <laughs> they were sacrificing her um, at the last minute, smartly because you have smart staff too. They backed out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if they did that, I would, I would shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they backed out. They knew better, um, but they were willing to do it. And to me, that was that was. You know, you're not going to go to a Four Seasons or a Ritz Carlton. No, you're not going to get that. One. <laughs> and they'll even consider that. The fact that they considered it was good enough. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the staff is amazing, and and I guess you know after hearing you speak, I would, you know. Sounds to me that may, maybe that's factor number one, but there's certainly mm-hmm. other things that I think set this place apart. And one of them is, oddly enough, in my mind, is nostalgia. Now, I grew up in the Bronx, which is the opposite of Woodlock. Right. So, you know, nostalgia, usually you think of, you know, takes you back to your childhood. Now, nothing about Woodlock takes me back to my childhood, but in my mind, it takes me back to a different part of America, that a different time in America that Super. doesn't really seem here. And and so I feel it when I come in. Yeah. And I don't think that's easily re- recreatable. I don't know if it's something you even take pains to create. It just kind of exists it, here. Yeah, it kind of exists. I mean, because we started where we started. But I, I do think that people, it does t- take people back because they're eating together every meal with their family, which, you know, lots of times doesn't happen anymore. And you may remember that when you're, when you're a boy. Sure enough. You're, you're surrounded by, you know, generally, you know, there's, there's no sense of... Uh, Hopefully, feeling rushed or, or pressured. Everybody, we, as you know, we try to say yes to as much as we can. And there's fun games that would take you back. I mean, we do things yeah. that you, you, you're not going to do anywhere else. No, no, they, they you literally don't. You haven't been in the summertime. I, I have, I've come here I mean, once I mean, in the I mean, summer. And double dare, you know, when you, when you, yes, you know, so you're up there and you're sliding through jello and you're doing all these yeah. crazy things. And, <laughs> I can't even conceive of it in another place. I, I know, and, and, and we get whole families to do it. So our goal is to reconnect families and have activities and entertainment that the whole family can enjoy. So it really takes you back to a time when the family was a unit. And that not that it, that isn't units for everybody, but the unit is different now yeah because everybody's working mom's working dad's working the kids are very active and everything so it brings people back to a simpler time and i think it's and we keep talking about should we change the format having everybody come to eat at the same basically within one hour period of time yeah you know so we could change it and spread those hours we could change the menu and make it a little more elegant but you couldn't serve everybody as fast but what would happen we would lose what i think is is the secret ingredient Getting people together, making announcements, singing "Happy Birthday," yep. you know all this cheesy stuff. Yeah. And by the way, that- it's funny. I was wondering if you guys know that it's cheesy. <laughs> oh, it's cheesy. <laughs> I know it's cheesy. Oh, okay, you but, know, but I have to sing those songs. <laughs> it is but, cheesy, but it's but it works. <laughs> it <laughs> I guess. And no one. I mean, we we joke about it, and we see some of the, the <laughs> characters that come out through the characters parade, yeah. and they're cheesy versions of the actual characters. But yeah. but it makes it better. I don't. Know. Uh, everything it, seems to work for some reason. It does. It just seems to work, and we because we talk. About all the time, when you, you know, some of these beautiful resorts that are catered to families, they have lots of activities. They don't have the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, they don't. They don't. They don't get people together. I think really the key is the dining experience where people come in and sitting down together, and it, and it reunites the union of the family. Yeah. And that's kind of our goal with all the things we do. There's, you can do some things with just adults, parents. You can play golf on a beautiful golf course. You can go to the spa. But the main heart of, of Woodlock Pines and Resort. Is all about bringing families together. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the, the ingredient that people remember. Yeah. And the meal time. And I can say when kids come, whatever it is, there's a little chip because they go to Disney. People tell us all the time, we go to Disney all the time. The kids like it, but they'd rather come to Woodlock. Yeah, that my kids come said to the Woodlock. Same thing. I say, oh, that's right. <laughs> that amazes me. But <laughs> it's per, it's more personal, and it's they yeah. free. They feel comfortable. They don't worry about security. It, we're, it's just because the way it started and the ownership has stayed the same. And yeah. I, I'm 
I know my children are committed uh, to doing it. I just transferred most of the business to my children. I'm 73, and and it's a great. good opportunity from a tax standpoint. Something to do to order. So, yeah, now I'm an employment contract. <laughs> so, no, I was going to ask you about the session. It's great to hear that you've already. Yeah, we worked. I've worked on this for years because I had always hoped one of my kids would come back in the business. I, yep. I have seven children and 16 grandchildren, so wow. five of my children came back in the business, which is wonderful. But it also created a challenge. You know. Who's going to be the next CEO? Who's going to do this? Who's sure. going to do that? Family succession issues are. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lawyer. I, I've seen yeah, how know. they can tear things apart. Yeah, and third generations are usually the you know you, first one starts it, second one yeah. builds it, and the third one that's right blows it away. Yeah, so that's the I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, we have a pretty good system. I've told everybody who's doing what. My oldest son isn't the next CEO. It's the third oldest son, which is challenging for my oldest son. Uh, unfortunately, he had leukemia, and uh, when he was younger, he just can't do all the things that. You know, you need to do, mm-hmm. um, but he's great and he's terrific in the business. But so, you know, all we went through all those things. I was just very transparent and honest about when I talked to each one, got them all together, and finally said, okay, this is time to do it. And um, we did it, and everybody gets along. And we never vote on anything anyway. You know, we, this, we meet at this table every week, we have our family meeting. And, uh, you know, we, we meet whenever there's a big issue and we talk it through. Yeah. So we've been blessed. That's great. Yeah, that's so great. I feel very fortunate yeah. for that. The, the third thing I had in my mind of what makes this place different than other places, and we were hitting upon it with meals, is the food itself. And it's kind of a mundane issue to bring up in a way, but it isn't because if, you go to, if you've been here many years like we have, you know that the food kind of sets itself apart from other places. And by that, I mean, like, this is a huge resort. And I've been to all-inclusive resorts and people... I've never really been on a cruise, but, you know, the one thing you hear about those kind of situations as a knock is the food, because it's very difficult to mass produce food in right. good quality. People. Right. But this place does it. And uh, I don't know, I don't, I, assu- I don't know what secret there could be, because I assume other places would like to replicate that. And I, I'm just curious what, how, what Cup, a couple the di- food's great. Sure. A couple different things. Obviously, a lot of places, and we do well, you buy well, you buy the best you can buy. So it starts with the ingredient. But the real key is our meal hours, they're one hour for each period. Uh-huh. So we, we prepare fresh for that meal hour. It's not like you're going you're not three hours tables. over. You're not turning tables. You're not three hours of meal time. Because we, we're feeding sometimes 600 people in this dining room, 250 in the others. We usually 1,200 meals every meal. It's incredible. So in, in only, you know, when everyone has their own kitchen, but everything is geared. You finish the one meal and you start preparing for the next, and everything is fresh and hot coming out. And uh, it works. And, of course, we have a pretty good system. We have an old kitchen. I mean, we expanded the kitchen in 77. And since then, only small, small additions, and we serve a lot of people. And we, we like to do the kitchen over, but uh, we can't figure out when to do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're always yeah. busy. Yeah. Well, but that, uh, you're right that the food is, is, a, is a key. And, you know, we try to change with the changing time, and we, have, we do a lot with special diets. So if anybody has a special diet, we have one person. No, if someone came into our dining room yesterday to ask okay. about yeah. things like that. That's yeah. amazing. Special diets. That's new, so, is that a new person? That's really, yeah. Like, yeah was, it, was it the, uh, yes, Corey. We, have a, we had a different person last year, but Corey's the new person this yeah. year. Yeah, yep. And she's, uh, she's a dietitian. We had a great gal uh, for two years before that. But there were so many people with allergies and this, you know, yep. eating and that's adding. So we have three people every, every meal in the kitchen that just deal with special diets. Wow. And so there's all kinds. Of, yeah. It's, it drives us nuts, to be honest with you. I, I, yeah, but, but it's going to have to gonna, do it. And it's going to build loyalty, too, because, I mean. Because they, they can't go. They tell us, we can't go anywhere where we can relax on the food and we know that my son's going to get a gluten-free or this one's going to have no peanuts yeah. or whatever your problem is. Yeah, that's great. So that, but that's a, yeah, that was a big deal. But yeah. it made it. We, this all came from a find a way to say yes. People were coming in and asking for things. Oh, we can't do this. We have, we're producing all this food. We can't take time. So you know what? 
we have to figure out how to do it. Well, you clearly did. And, yeah, and, and we, we're doing our part, my, my group, of eating as much of it yes, as possible. Yes, you did. You, you are traditional eaters. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the platters of prime rib going out and the platters of shrimp, and I walked in the kitchen and I said, they said, I said you know, the, the, band, the guys are back with the, with, the, with the kids again. They said, yeah, we know. We just, we just served the table. <laughs> I said, it was great. Well, we had this epiphany early on where, you know, the, the server would come around and ask for our, our orders. And then at one point, just to make it easy, I, me as the leader of my group, I said, why don't you just bring everything? Yeah. And you got, and the answer was yes. Yeah, and it was like, no there was like a light bulb, but I'm like, bring everything. That's, a, that's an option here. So That's the way we used to serve. We only had a couple of options. We would serve everything family style. Don't ask who wants what. Just, but, uh, yep. but it's, been, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. It's well, been really good. Well, another question I, want, I figured I'd ask you, because of your expertise in, in hospitality in this area in particular, is the Catskill, Catskill yes. hotels that were everywhere in the 60s through 80s. Um, you know, these grand, yes. somewhat similar in many ways to Woodlock. Very time, similar. They're almost all gone. Almost all gone. W- so, why, why, why are they gone and you're still yeah, here? It's very interesting. Um, so I went to school with uh, a couple of the fellows who were, were sons of owners of those hotels. And uh, they all seemed to be driving with sports cars and racing cars. And I was cleaning bathrooms to pay to get to school. But the, the difference is that uh, the ownership as the generations went on uh, didn't stay as involved in the business. And, and because they had, at some point, made a lot of money, they bought their yachts, they did their thing, and they, they lost, they lost the, 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 the spearing that we've been able to continue. The point you were making before and, about and first, they, second, and third generation. They were, they, they were pulling money out. And I tell my kids this, you know, we, we, our wealth is all in our business. So I said, we take all, whatever we make in the business, and we put back $2, 3000000 million every year into something, projects or whatever we're doing. Sometimes you don't get to see them, sewer lines built all the way over to a different spot, you know, all these yeah. things. We continue to reinvest, and every year we try and have something new for the guests. Uh, and we're not the type of people that, you know, that we, we love being together. We have family, we go on a couple of vacations all together, 40 of us, and like all the grandkids and kids. Yeah, I saw, I saw in, your, in your book that tells the history of Woodlock, there's one picture of you not too long ago with the family. Yeah. It looked tropical, so yeah, I knew, we, I knew you got off property once. Hell yeah. No, where we, where was that? It was Hilton Head, South Carolina. Okay. We stay at Sea Pines. We rent the same every year for 30 years we've gone. Yeah. Uh, my parents bought a house down there when I bought them out in 81, and then we started vacation with all the kids, and that was no. then. Now it's... 40 people, three houses on the beach. We bring two chefs down. We play on the beach. And all, all my kids were pretty athletic. They just were playing football and soccer. And we have whole teams now yeah, yeah. with all the grandchildren. Sounds like a lot of fun. So it's great stuff. But the, 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 what the downfall was, that as the generations went on there, they got very interested in pulling more money out than putting money in. And it took more time away than staying in. Um, it, it just doesn't work. You know, a corporate structure works because you're hiring people and okay. You know, they have their jobs. They're going to do it from whatever their hours they're going to work. Yep. Uh, but when you had a family business and people were used to that, and all of a sudden, family wasn't around and weren't keeping up with the rooms, and they, they let him go. Yeah. And it, and you can't do it. And so. And they all they all went out one after another. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Even yeah. even the big boys. And now, of course, they're trying to you know get some gaming going up there. And yeah. It's not working out so well. So, and it's just yeah. been challenging. So you know, and they they're putting in some indoor water parks, which are. A challenge for us. Well, That's a big competition it, for us right it's now. It's so funny. I have it on my outline yeah. here. Yeah. Competitors. And, you know, it's funny. I, I do feel a loyalty to Woodlock, yeah. which is a little odd, yeah. even though, you know, I, I've had such good times. It's still a little beyond what it should be. So when I see some of these water parks that are yeah. opening up in Pennsylvania and New York, I got worried yeah. <laughs> for you guys because, um, you know, I know what they don't have. But I also know that, you know, the shiny new thing, yeah. water parks in particular, um, you guys, I know, and I never spoke to you about this, but I know a few years back when you built 
um, as adjacent to the indoor pool kind of a slide. Right. I suspect at the time that was kind of a reaction yeah. and, and kind of maybe some short-term kind of way of dealing with that com- right. competition. Is it on the cards at some point down the road? Well, I know for, it's usually capital intensive, but... Yeah, it's, it's majorly. But so there are five indoor water parks in our area. Kalahari, the biggest one, which is, you know, really... Have you been to any of them? No. Kalahari I, and, and... Out of loyalty to the Woodlock, so I will not step no. foot on those properties. <laughs> it, 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 is a, it is a whole different experience. But, yeah. So you had Kalahari, uh, and then you had the, the ski area, Camelback, which built a beautiful one. So I'm, I've been chairman of the Pocatamata Visions Bureau for a long time, so I'm involved in all this stuff and okay. promoting it. Yeah. Um, but it, we really, it is competition for us. And, and, of course, their model is... Um, you get a rate that's relatively low. Of course, it doesn't include any meals. It's and not all inclusive. It, it includes a water park. Yeah. Uh, but then you get there, and when you walk in, everything is, you know, there's candy stores and ice cream. You're in your pocket all day long. It's $5 for a bottle of water. And, yep. You know, so it, by the time you leave. But it's not a unifying kind of family experience that Woodlock is. And they don't have, it's not nature. It's all inside. Yeah. Uh, but they're great. You know, if you have a two days or, you know, you just want to get away, you, you'll get tired of it in one day. But, you know, the kids go run up and down. They have fun. Yeah. So there's a place for it, and it and it does hurt us. Um, mostly what, happen, what hurts us is the rate because it doesn't include everything. And people comparing, oh, I can stay in the whole room. is only 300 bucks. Yeah, it's not and an apples to apples comparison. It, but it's not the same thing. No, yeah. We have and 120 people on our social staff. Social staff. That's just right. keeping people going. Yeah. They're so, like celebrities when they walk through the oh, hall. Like, yeah, I saw are. him on the show. Now he's serving me my, this room. <laughs> but that, that is yeah. comp- that's competition. And, yeah. and the cruise ships are competition. They are... Uh, Same like, kind of problem, right? They're low rates, yeah. seemingly. Yeah, low rates to get them in. And, but they're, we're like a cruise on land because the cruise ship, you get all your meals. You that's don't right. have some of the activities. So that's a challenge. Uh, could, big, could, could you see building a water park down the road? I mean, you have the property, obviously. For it's it's a, uh, about a $15 million investment to do a decent-sized indoor water park. Uh, so it's on, obviously we researched them and we, and we looked at it. So we did the little one there. We said we have to make this decision. $15 million is, is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, generally, we make, you know, we're building new rooms. We're doing this. We're spending $2, 3000000 million a year. $15 million is one. Yeah, will no. it happen? It probably will because we'll probably it'll be a requirement at some point. But what we have now is, our battle is, we're natural. We have a natural water park. The lake. Yes, yes, we, yes, have, we, we have indoor pools. We, that's, have, that's so, we have so much more, and we try and promote all that we have. But uh, it's, it's competition. It's real. And now they have a new one up here in the Catskills. And, uh, cart, cart, cart? Yeah, cart, right. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, um, so it's nice. You know, it's a nice one. It's not Kalahari, which is humongous. Yeah. And they just, they have 900 guest rooms there. Is that right? I mean, it's how, as, how many guest it's rooms as, do you have now? Well, we only have 160 guest rooms, mm-hmm. but we have 75 guest homes. That's right. So in each room, they average three or four bedrooms. So we, we operate like a 450-room resort. 1,200 yeah. guests yeah. is uh, generally when we have a full house. But on top of that, of course, we have we, we got into the development business. So yeah. we have— I mean, that really could be a whole other podcast, your, I'm sure, your story around oh, yeah, building yeah, those yeah, homes. I could get you, get you into a whole bunch <laughs> of different stuff. No, no, it's— I, mean, I could became, talk forever. You, you became a builder. I mean, you became a builder. You weren't a builder. So, in 19, I mean. 19, uh, 1986, we had finished building the nightclub, all the suites, in Springbrook and Mount Laurel, the inn, all the stuff at the resort. It was all working well. I bought the business in 81. We expanded dramatically for those six or seven years. And I said, the only thing we don't have, we, and we were getting a lot of push for, is a golf course. Yeah. You know, our guests who come are more affluent. We need a golf course. So I was able to buy 
four different parcels of land equaling 453 acres. They said, okay, now we have it. It's close. Uh, There's a lake across the street, and that's where now the lodge is. But I bought that property because I, I irrigate the lake, uh, irrigate the golf course with that little lake. Mm. Uh, and I said, someday we'll do something with this property. But I said, we're going to build a golf course, and we have all this land. Why don't we put houses around it? So we got into the development business, and we were fortunate that we got with uh, a master planner who was excellent. Um, just on his retirement, he was uh, from Yale and University, and he was terrific. He understood us. He came to we shimmied up trees, get the views. I mean, he was. That's how we are. You know, we yeah. we get we got to get on the ground and <laughs> get our mess hands around, dirty, mess around, and say okay. And we had a great uh, golf course. So we built the golf course. Um, we, I can remember riding around and we put the, all the sewer lines in, all underground, all the water lines underground, all the electric underground. We did all this stuff because I thought the best way to do it was, before we started selling, let people know, everything is here. Yep. So you don't have to worry. Yep. So that was 1991. Uh, 1990, 91, there was a real estate recession. And uh, all of our marketing studies showed we would have sold this out in three years. Well, it just like cut like a third of what we expected in the first few years. A $20 million in debt. And uh, I was like, well, I'm riding around in my Jeep on these dirt roads and nothing's happening. And we're still putting in sewer lines. And what did I we do? had everything done. I said, oh, my, risk everything. So the choice was take our losses and just keep the resort or refinance everything here, which I did. So, you know, we, we kept it going and we ultimately made it successful. Yeah. But it, it wasn't like we expected. Then we built the lodge. And then we built the, the spa, you know, not too long after that. We, we bought that property. Well, I owned the property. We, start, we opened it in 2006. We started in 2004. But that was going to be a $25 million investment that ended up being a $40 million investment. Yeah. But there we had partners, but still, it was a lot of things. So you, know, you go through life and you, well, yeah, I these mean, are the challenges. Well, and, yeah, and it makes the success, ultimate success even more sweet, I suppose, it, when you have it those does. challenges. When I drive around, around there, especially at the, at the community, because, you know, a lot of our long-term guests were the first ones to buy. Yeah. And I didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah, of course. I couldn't let them even know that we were that it was stressful, and that recession lasted for you know two three years. And gradually, you know, we we climbed our way out of it. But um, and we put we did everything we promised we would do. We put this indoor sports complex and all the stuff that we had promised, we delivered. Yeah, and because uh, that was important to me personally. Yeah. Um, so that works. Then, yeah. we, then we get to the next one, and you know, there's, there's always something going on. I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. I can only we imagine stories. We yeah. try and make it nice. So. I love that part. I love that part of the business. I mean, I love being with the guests, but hey. that's that's another part. I, I would probably not be able to just be guests all the time. The fact that you have some entrepreneurial spirit, you want to keep yeah. things moving. No, it's great. Variety so we, of the spice of life. Yeah, we have a restaurant on Lake Wampawpec, uh, the boathouse, which we uh, bought when my son got leukemia um, and he was 26 years old. He'd been athletic his whole life. It was just one of those. And uh, he had a hard time. So let's buy this. And it was kind of his hobby to keep his mind going. And then, when it got really bad, we had to get him out to Seattle. He was six months in the hospital, and they tried, they oh, saved wow. him some kind of experimental stuff, which is absolutely a miracle. Yeah. So uh, at the Fred Hutch Center there, so we yeah, hold I them mean, Medicine is another one of my things that, you know, what, oh. and the future of it and what's going to happen in the next 10, 20 years. You know, I love reading books about that. Yeah. It's amazing, but I mean, it's it amazing. Like it this, this was 20-some years ago that it happened with Bobby. Yeah, you, He's going to be 50 this year, so. I, but, I mean, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. He, they said, if it was 10 years earlier. New, even New York said, we, we, we can't really help him. He's got to get into some program. Program. Wow. And uh, boom. And but, so the restaurant, we got, we got in it because I wanted him to keep his mind occupied yeah. with something. It was, 
and it ends up being a nice, successful restaurant on the lake. Amazing. So we, Amazing. Do, we did $3 million in this little restaurant on, on Lake Wampum. It's like, uh, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It's hospitality. It's good food. It's, it's, you know, you don't, you have to be sure that people are getting value because it's not inexpensive to come here. No. So no. you have to, when you're done, you have to say, oh, it was expensive, but I got my money's worth. Yeah. So yeah. It's one thing, you know, key. there's plenty of times in life you pay yeah. a lot of money and you're unhappy. Yeah. And it was nice, but it wasn't <laughs> worth that. Yeah. And you won't come back. Right. So. so that's all balancing stuff. Yeah. Well, I have, a few, I have a few yeah, random questions, and I'm cognizant of No, no, I love this. I love this. Um, here's one I just wrote down. If you were giving advice to someone entering the hospitality business, and in particular the resort business, what would it be? I mean, I think you've given some of that. Is there any, anything in particular to tell someone starting out? I, I think it's very critical to understand that the hospitality business is different than most other businesses. It takes, in my opinion, it takes personal commitment and sacrifice of time. And when everybody else is playing holidays, when that, that's when you're the busiest. Yeah. Uh, so be prepared not for yourself so much as when you have a family and you have a spouse. You have to have a spouse who understands. Yeah. So I'm, I've been married twice. So my first wife had difficulty with that. And it was uh, too bad, but she just couldn't put up with it. And yeah. that's what I did. So I married Patty. And she was a waitress. I've been a waitress. I worked in the business and you know knew each other for a long time. She loves it. She's right there by me. She runs the shops, does the buying. It's a partnership. Yeah, and, uh, and you and understand what each of you are going through. Exactly. I, I'm a, I mentioned I was a lawyer. My, yeah. my wife's a lawyer. She's oh. not practicing. But the six years she practiced before she retired and had our kids, um, she saw what it was like. Yeah. And now when I would stay late, which wasn't, uh, fortunately, not too, too often, right. I was good at managing my time, but she understood. Yes. And so, yeah, so you have to have the right You have to have the right, you have to, and that's so if you're, you know, yeah. you have a, you want to have a family, be sure they understand because this is that kind of business. Yeah. Hosp- even if you're working for a married or whatnot, there's a lot of hours in the hospitality yeah. business, and but there's great satisfaction. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of happiness and no. having a good spouse does it, um, it's, one, it's one of my other interests is like reading books on the science of happiness because there's so much you know, yeah. studies coming out on that. Um, someone who's so successfully built a business like you have that's in the business of trying to make other people happy, yeah. I would think might have good advice about how people could be happy other than maybe yeah. getting a spouse. Do you have any <laughs> words of wisdom about how to lead a happy life? Come to Woodlock as often as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, for me, it's always been. I, I am a combination of. I really love my family, and always you know, that family is really important to me. Yeah. But I, I love my business. Yeah. And the, the key to me is do whatever you do in life. Love what you do. Yeah. I mean, because if you don't, that, that's the core. You got to take care of your family, and you got to take care of making sure you're getting the satisfaction from your challenges of life, or have growth available. I mean, you got to keep growing. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that my kids are with me and my grandchildren are around me. I, you can't. You're a fortunate what, man. I look around and say, "Okay, you're, what else do I want?" No, I was never enough for money. Because we had a, you know, we had a business that we loved doing. So it wasn't. Uh, I needed a lot of money out of the no. business. I'm not going anywhere. You got what you need. I'm in, I'm in my. I'm in my element right now. <laughs> I'm. I'm a. I'm a chairman of the board of our local bank. It's a little community. I'm school board president. I'm. In, I'm involved in little all things around. <laughs> You're good. I love all this stuff. <laughs> You're good. I love all this stuff. You give back your time. You get stuff back. Yeah, yeah. So I don't need. You know. And so. I think the key is, you know, do something you love to do and be sure you marry the right person. Yeah. Uh, here's another question. If you weren't running Woodlock, let's say you just took that different yeah, fork in the road. Stayed in the what service. Do you, what do you think you would have been doing? Well, would you be doing I, I was thinking of staying in the service. I mean, I, I really actually enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, it was totally different, obviously. So I don't know. I was, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to be a teacher. I was going to be a history teacher and a coach. That's what that's what my yep. simple goal was. So you probably my dad, my dad just redirected me to <laughs> Cornell, and because uh, he saw it fitting in here, and you know I did well, and you know then the rest of life kind of gets in the way. Yeah, know? yeah. And you Absolutely. go, 
and I wasn't really sure I wanted to come back, but my wife wanted to come back because her family was here. And uh, it all worked. That's a, your dad and mom's story, too, about wanting to come back. I'm, I'm just going to go back way back. And I don't know if you've re- you read the book. Obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How We Found Woodlock. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an interesting story. Your mom. Your, was... my, mom my mom and dad, since they were 12 years old, were boyfriend-girlfriend. And my, my dad uh, left school uh, and when he was uh, didn't graduate in high school because Pearl Harbor happened. So he was 17. He went into service and uh, was in the Navy. But he, he wanted to marry my mom. And uh, sometime earlier on in their relationship, my grandmother and grandfather, my grandmother had a, a friend from high school that lived in Hawley and had a, a spot on Lake, on Lake Tiviuskan. And she brought my mom and dad up here. And when my dad asked my mom to marry him, he checked with, with his, uh, she checked with mom, said, oh, I don't think so. So they all decided to come to Lake Tiviuskan to, to meet and talk about it. Well, it was home on leave. And uh, they stayed at Lake Tiviuskan and they talked about it. My mom and dad put their stake in the ground and said they would love and they're going to come back someday. And uh, they came back behold, many years later, uh, you know, when they hadn't, we hadn't been here many years later, uh, when we were looking for a place to buy, I was in the living room with my dad. It was a Sunday afternoon. I remember it. And we, he was a little ad in the New York Times said boarding house for sale on a lake in Pennsylvania. Didn't say the name of the lake. Didn't say the name of the town. He called the number and he's talking to him. And he says, Mary, Mary, it's on Lake Tidioskong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were even talking about, but they got so excited. We drove up the next week, uh, and it was in, in March, and we closed in April first. Amazing, forty thousand dollars. <laughs> what if he doesn't? What, what if he doesn't wake up and read the Times that day? I know, isn't it? Everything amazing? changes. It was uh, incredible. Yeah, the story is, and that's a true. People think I make that up. That's a true story. <laughs> it's it's a fake story. So it's all fake. It's all meant to be. <laughs> clearly, clearly. All meant to be. All right. Well, listen. I, I want yeah. to ask you one final question, yeah, sure. and again, appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Um, and. If your if your father came back today and could see what you built Woodlock into, what do you think he'd say? I think my my dad uh, he was you know old school. He rarely said he would love me, but he, when he told me he was proud of me, that was when he would say, "I would say I'm proud of you, John, what you've accomplished," and I would say that Dad, I built it on your foundation. Yeah, that's what we had, we had a good relationship. But my dad was tough. My yeah. mom was all about love, but my dad was. If we weren't working or. <laughs> Playing a sport or in school, <laughs> you're a lazy bum. Yeah, yeah, you're worthless. <laughs> you're worthless. <laughs> so, but that was our relationship. But and if he said that, it would still bring chills, chills to me. Yeah, so, well, 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 I'm proud of you goes, because yeah. I, 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 I really, I, 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 I feel like this place is part of me. I mean, no, thir- my kids are 18 and 15. They've been we've been coming for 13 years, so you can see how much of their and, life. And they still would have come. They still do. It's my daughter's still here. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, uh, so I really, you know, I'm proud to have found yeah. Woodlock. I'm yeah, grateful great. that you. Did what you did, and uh, no. I think it's a, an amazing American success. Story, it's been so. a, it's been a labor of love for yeah. everybody, our whole family. Yeah. We feel very blessed. Well, thank thanks, you again. Oh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk. Yeah, yeah. I love talking you, about it. See you next story. year. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much.